This is a When Walls Can Talk network podcast. If you're like me and have had an interest in creating your own podcast but don't really know where to get started, let me tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the completely free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Once you've finished recording, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard across all podcast streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership right from your very first episode. It's everything that you need to make and distribute a podcast all in one place. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, my name is Jeremy Haig, psychic medium, tarot reader, and proud nerd of the occult and the spiritual. I've been talking to the dead since before I can remember. Hearing their stories and listening to their lessons radically changed my life and taught me to become more curious and peel back the layers of the world around me. On this podcast, I invite you on a journey as we discuss spirituality hot topics with specialists and practitioners from across the witchcraft community, pull and explore monthly collective tarot readings, and recount lost or forgotten paranormal stories from around the world. This is When Walls Can Talk, the podcast. Today may truly be one of the most excited I have ever been to record an interview ever. And I think from the title, most of you who know me well or who follow this podcast on a regular basis will know exactly why. And that is because I am honored and so excited to have the chance to sit down and talk to one of my single biggest inspirations, I would say, but that that feels so trite and kind of hollow to say that. This individual saved my life in a way that they have no clue about or or probably don't <laughs> have any awareness of outside of their commitment to living a soul-centered educational healing lifestyle. And we'll talk a little bit about their bio in just a moment, but I just want to hold space for a second for how meaningful and exciting this is for me. I have studied with this individual for the past two and a half years Um, across three different courses and hundreds of podcast episodes. And they were there for me in a time when I needed a voice and I needed somebody who spoke and thought and acted and believed like me. And I'd never seen anyone like that before. And I needed that voice in a very difficult time in my life. And I am so grateful that I found them. And this individual is Lindsay Mack the creator of Soul Tarot, which I speak about and share um, their insights on this podcast on a constant basis. But I've never had a chance to really sit down one-on-one and chat with them before. And today is the day. Today I got that opportunity. So grateful that they felt the nudge too to join me on the show. And this is my first time getting to meet them individually. The courses that Lindsay teaches reach hundreds, if not thousands, of people. 
And to that end, it's very difficult for Lindsay to be available to each and every student on an individual basis. They are so gifted at creating space for all of us to go through these courses in our own time and following the beat of our own drum, which is so unique also to not have somebody who feels the need to put timelines and deadlines on all of their coursework. While, of course, most of their courses come out in like a seven or eight week timeline, uh, it's all about following your own rhythm, listening to your own knowing, following your own genius. And that changed my life. It sounds so trite to say that, and it feels like underplaying it, but I, I also recognize that what Lindsay really does is highlights our own ability to lead and care for ourselves. While I say that Lindsay changed my life, I'm also aware that Lindsay changed my life by asking me to show up to the table in my own life, by rolling up my sleeves and engaging with spirit in a way that I had never done to that point. And for those of you who don't know who Lindsay is, Lindsay Mack is an intuitive artist, tarot teacher, writer, the founder of Tarot for the Wild Soul, and the host of Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. She is a queer, non-binary femme, proudly neurodivergent, introverted, highly goofy, and honored to guide folks through this potent work. Lindsay is the creator of Soul Tarot, a radical reinterpretation and intentional utilization of the tarot as a helping tool, one that can assist us in differentiating the noise of our mind from the truth of our soul. She is also a mentor to entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, and business owners who are seeking to pivot into intuitively-led, spirit-guided service. Through her workshops, retreats, and online courses, Lindsay has had the profound honor of teaching nearly 10,000 people from all over the world. As a joyful survivor of childhood abuse, complex PTSD, and chronic pain and illness, Lindsay is passionately dedicated to honoring and helping to bring space, light, and healing to those who are experiencing mental, emotional, or physical suffering. It was the healing from a major breakdown in 2014 that fully birthed her into this sacred work and onto her soul path. It is an organic part of her healing work with the tarot and her spirit-guided service work, and she is honored to be sharing these offerings to those who feel called to them. Raised on Lenape land, currently called New Jersey, Lindsay now resides on unceded Cowlitz and Atfalati land, currently called Portland, Oregon, as a descendant of colonizers. She descends from Italian, Scottish, and Irish ancestry and offers the deepest gratitude and acknowledgement to the folk traditions, magic, medicine, and ancestors that came before her. When I was lucky enough to stumble upon Lindsay Mack through mutual uh, tarot readers, when I was really looking to develop into a professional reader and seeking to use my skills and my services uh, to a larger audience and, and to be of service, I was lucky enough to be directed towards Lindsay, who really gave me a solid foundation with the tarot that I am so honored and grateful to be carrying forward. This is so surreal to me. I cannot believe that we're about to jump into an interview with, with Lindsay. And it's an interesting journey too, because as Lindsay has reminded all of us that have studied with her, we are our own geniuses. We are the mentors and teachers and leaders and guidance that we seek for in others. So while I am honored and excited and a little giddy to get into this interview. I also 
feel the need to share that for anybody who has the opportunity to meet somebody like this who who is somebody you look up to or has really shaped you in some major way it's really important to also approach it as we are at the end of the day we are all equals we are all powerful and gifted and bring so much to offer the world and i just know that they would want me to say that we are coming to this discussion today as equals looking and seeking to unbridle the tarot to release its inner power to rewild as Lindsay has kind of rewilding the tarot rewilding our connection to the tarot is a kind of a core phrase and core ideal that comes up time and time again in Lindsay's work and has come up time and time again in my own reading where i can't imagine holding the tarot back from all that it's capable of and Lindsay is the one who really showed me how to take those reins off so I am so excited to welcome to the show and to shift gears over to this powerful and medicinal conversation with none other than Soul Tarot's Lindsay Mech. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for honoring your yes, taking a second out of your day to chat with us on the show. It's so exciting to have you. Oh my God, the honor is mine. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here. The My listeners have heard quite a bit about you and oh. about kind of the tenets of Soul Tarot and about uh, really this idea that I'm kind of twisting for the purposes of this podcast episode and calling unbridling, but it's really based around this core idea that you taught me of rewilding the tarot, which also helped me to rewild myself. And just, I think this is awesome. And I'm really glad. Um, Before I go any further, I want to be sure that I respect your self-identity. And I wondered if you could share with me and the podcast um, what your preferred pronouns are. Yes. Thank you for asking. They are she, they. Okay, perfect. Amazing. Um, And also, I wanted to wish you just my sincere congratulations on your journey into motherhood and parenting. And I'm sure that that has been one fraught with change and powerful medicine. And I just was curious what that journey has been like for you so far. Well, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, it's been a ride. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Yeah, it's more of a death process than I ever could have anticipated. It's like, it's death of identity. There's a lot, you know, with this being like hurtling themselves into the world. Yeah. There's a lot of um, pretty, like the card that's been coming up for me kind of um, very consistently has been tower actually. Okay. Um, And that's sort of how it's felt. It's really just kind of like there's so much illumination outside of the baby and outside of yeah. them yeah. that is like, oh, with me coming, this 
now I'm going to make it real clear <laughs> to you. This is no longer sustainable and yes. wasn't really before. And so yes. um, the baby's good. I'm, you know, tired and achy and, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's, uh, it's, it's good so far. It's just really kind of the inner journey that's much I can never have anticipated how yeah. huge it is. No. And I, I did wanted to honor and make space for that. And for the fact Thank that you. you're here with us today in the middle of course land, um, which I was shocked about, to be honest, I was like, I know you're in heart of service. I got the <laughs> nudge to reach out. It is like the worst possible moment, but no, you're in the middle. Great. Of, oh, good. I'm glad. I'm really glad. I, I yeah. just know you are in the middle of kind of birthing a lot of things into the universe right now and, and kind of pushing a lot of energy yeah. out or, or allowing energy to be kind of pulled from you. And I just, I just want to honor all of that process and for us being here today. Thank you so much. As we move into kind of a discussion around tarot, I wanted to share a little bit about where I come <laughs> from on this podcast platform. Uh, and I know that a huge chunk of my listener base is newer witches, newer practitioners, newer energetic beings, or people who are becoming a lot more aware of their, their power, I think I would say. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people come to the podcast as we discuss some of these very large kind of macrocosmic concepts like tarot to just kind of understand a little bit. And so I thought this would be a really good place for us to both, since, since we both have spent a lot of time in tarot, take a big step back and kind of look at your experience from a bird's eye view. And I would like to ask probably my, my biggest burning question of the episode is <laughs> why, why tarot? What does tarot mean to you? What, why, why this? See, cause you have taught me to look at tarot in a very deckless uh, kind of omnipresent way. And I was just curious where the tarot's energy came to you first. I would, it's a great question. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know why tarot. Yeah. Um, that's really the truth. I found my first deck in a bookstore when I was around 12. I, it was a rider weight and I do not recall ever having seen a tarot deck or knowing what it was. I had no framework for it. Yeah. Um, at least as far as I remember, but I do remember thinking, oh, I would like to have that. And huh. uh, I think my dad, my dad is like a real Republican. Like he's not, not that Republicans can't be um, <laughs> rooted in tarot practices. Oh but no, totally. He's a pretty conservative guy. And, um, but he just really, like, I'll give him credit. Like we'd go into bookstores and I'd come up with like, whatever the fuck I, whatever weird <laughs> shit I wanted to do. He was, he was very generous with just sort of being like, okay, you know, I don't think he understood what it was, um, but he didn't bat an eye. I got it with a couple of books, just whatever they had. Cause I was like, well, I'd like to really teach yeah. myself this. And uh, I think at the time, what attracted me to it was that I already really identified with the term witch. I always yeah. had, I knew that I had a lot of magic in me. I was also at the same time being really abused and really 
did not have a, a safe or kind yeah. place to really be. Yeah. <laughs> and, and develop so, and kind of unfurl. Yeah. And so I don't know what it is about me. I'm not sure why. From a very young age, I really just had my hands out, my arms open to God, to spirit, to whatever you want to call that. Yeah. And I was very excited. I think somewhere in me, I knew this could be some kind of a bridge potentially to like something bigger than me. I don't know how I knew, but I did. And then I read the books and was really shocked and (laughs) was really upset by what I was reading. Yeah. And um, I will actually tell you something that I, I don't think I've ever shared on any interview before, which is that I consider one of the highest blessings of my life. My grandfather's uncle, my great uncle Uh was, was a Catholic priest. And he was, he was the priest that I, I was made to go to Catholic church every Sunday. And he was the priest that was the one that I experienced in most of the Sundays that I went. And so I was very familiar with him and his homilies. And he was radically liberal and spoke openly about how the Bible is a parable and we need to look at it as such. And there is no hell. And wow, if you're gay, God made you that way. When I came out as bi, he was like, great, <laughs> like, wow. great. I hope you, I hope you know you were made that way. And he was in his seventies when I was born. Oh my god! So it's like, yeah. So oh, I'm sorry, fifties, fifties, sixties. So um, he was an old guy yeah. and he yeah. was just, so I don't think I have to give him credit actually with putting a seed in my head yeah. from as young as I could remember that I'm allowed to have any kind of relationship with spirit I want. And wow. if it, if it, I feel like a little bit of what I have a deep burning call to sort of for some reason do with the tarot he was trying to do with the church yeah um staunchly pro-choice advocated wrote letters protested like just really felt yeah and so that was that was in my family that was what I was exposed to and that was the that was the kind of religious exposure I had so I think when I read books that felt now I didn't know anything about the tarot but I I I was like, well, I'm bi and I don't even have like, an, like, I know who I like and I know what I'm interested in. And now here's this really specific avenue that this card is telling me is happening that I know yeah. isn't true. So I think in my head, I was like, it must be the same thing. It must be that there's some kind of attempt to get some kind of foundational order here but it didn't ring true to me. And yeah. so I guess that was a little bit of an aside, but I, I do think it is a foundational part of it that I don't recall ever sharing before, but it is, I think it gave me the permission to question. That's exactly what quickly. I was going to say. It, it gave you a, yeah. uh, we, myself and one other podcast that I'm very close with, we, we call it our perwitchin slips. It gave you a perwitchin slip to, <laughs> to kind of put that seed of curiosity to, yes. to start looking at a bigger world. And uh, wow, that what a powerful story. That's incredible. 
we share some um, without going into it in too depth, too much depth. Since a lot of my listeners kind of know a little bit about my background. Um, I came to tarot much later in my life as well, while having been aware of some level of mediumship since I was very young, Mm. um, which I did shut down because I grew up in what I I have come to with time recognized truly was a form of Catholic cult uh, where I spent the first 20 years of my life on the East coast. And about six years of that was spent again. It took me some time to fully recognize this was a a form of conversion therapy, um, Mm which I'm, I am still continuing to heal from, have learned a ton from and, and would take none of it back because it's given me the foundations that I stand upon today. It's given me a huge amount of resilience and a huge amount of self-awareness and also the, the willingness to be like, well, none of that worked clearly. So let's go ahead and kind yeah. of throw that all away and try again, um, which is huge. I think a lot of people don't get opportunities to be like, well, none of this makes sense. So let's clear the deck and start again. But I came to tarot as a, there was something about spiritualism. There was something about spirituality that always felt right. It always felt true. I just couldn't get through the obsession with layering humanity onto divine. Layering, mm. like, why does divine have to think and feel and act like we do? And that was the other, like a jealous God. Like, why do, why do we have to make divine jealous? Because we as humans are jealous. Totally. Anyway, I could go on on that one forever. But that was kind of the curiosity that brought me to tarot as well. Uh, I guess if I was to come to you as a brand new student, had never <laughs> was hiding away, had never heard of tarot before. And I asked you, what is the tarot? What, what would you say? Knowing and respecting that there are a lot of people who would probably say a, l- a little differently than me. <laughs> totally. No, totally. understand. <laughs> yeah. What I would say is that It's a deck of 78 archetypes that absolutely are mirrors. So much can be layered onto them. So much what we, it's very easy for us to bring our stuff to them, to project onto them. But when and if we are able to sort of open and widen the lens view, so to speak, what it can do and what it can be is it can be a bridge between us and absolutely some sense of of spirit or something larger than us. But I actually think it can be a bridge to the whisper of truth that all of us have within us that is typically wildly kind of overwhelmed by the noise of our thinking minds, which thinking minds are great. Very often thinking minds are running 24 seven with all kinds of worries and fear-based scenarios and what ifs and shoulds. And there is a quiet cord that runs through all of us. And we can call it our inner knowing our intuition, our channel. I think it's kind of all of the above and more. And if we are available to touch in with the tarot as an amplifier of that whisper, it can help that whisper grow louder. And it can start to foster a deeper trust because while the tarot has absolutely valid and important roots in history, it was brought, I mean, archetypal, you know, archetypes are as ancient and as time, you know, you can't get much um, (laughs) more ancient than archetypes. And so there, there is certainly, again, a historical, cultural 
lineage and backbone to the tarot that is so important, but at its core, um, that is what I think it is. And that's what I think it does. And, um, the most beautiful part about it is that we all have different chords and whispers within us. And I think that as we begin to slowly, gently, because I, I don't know if we can, I, I'm actually, I truly don't know this. Um, I don't know if it's possible for someone to come to a tarot deck without even a little bit of, of stuff, whether it be yeah. worry or fear or full out trauma or, yeah. or concern that it's like a tool of some kind of evil right. or that it's going to tell us something we don't want to know as though any deck can do that. <laughs> um, it's really us on us. That's part of the fear is that yeah. it's such a powerful that part of us wants to be seen and acknowledged so badly that when we're willing to go to something like the tarot and pour forth our questions to it, I believe that it can be a pretty strong reflector of what's actually going on inside. And by extension, again, some larger intelligence that I believe we're all connected to. So yeah. yeah. And those archetypes, I think, you know, really comprise the whole of the human experience. Like if there's a feeling and an, an emotion, a state, a, a, a larger scenario that we're sort of being asked to bow over to and just surrender to, if there's something we can take empowered action around, it's pretty much all in there. There's not anything that we can think or feel or experience that isn't in some way represented in the tarot. It doesn't mean that it's represented in tarot books, yeah. but it is in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the biggest aha moments for me when I started listening to your work and taking your courses was also this idea of kind of turning the tarot inwards because so, so many readers and so many books focus on, like you've already mentioned a couple of times that all of those external events, I talk about this yeah. all the time on the podcast. That's something that you really help. It really helped cut through some brain noise to be like, no, um, five of cups is never predicting my breakup. The tower is never predicting like the, like yes. these things of course can be inciting incidents that surround the moments that these cards are in. Of course, like that, it doesn't mean that it's not there, but it's not predicating anything. We're not predicting anything. Exactly. And that gives a lot of people who I feel like many people who come to tarot are the people who have had to be fighters in our lives <sighs> kind of forever. So true. And that idea in and of itself gives a lot of strength to the people who have to fight for everything, who just mm -hmm. have to kind of fight for everything in life. And this has been my journey for the past two years or so with Tarot, with your work is um, this idea of, of um, oh, English is hard. <laughs> it's it's mm -hmm. my first language and words are really hard. We talk, hard. I talk to one of my close friends. Like, why can't we just do this interview in light language? Because it'd be so much easier. <laughs> totally. Um, but I think you know what I'm what I'm getting yeah, at. It's, absolutely. It gives um, because I feel like also so much work was done throughout generations to take power away from the tarot, to kind yes. of take power away from the people who use the ta the tarot specifically. If you want to be like really specific about it, and I just like that this way of looking at it as a wild, raw, internal the internal work makes mm -hmm. me feel like I can roll up my sleeves, get my hands dirty and be involved. 
And so many times I think the tarot, people are afraid of the tarot because they're afraid of what it's going to tell them. And I like looking at the tarot the way that you've kind of constructed or, or, or allowed to come through you um, in the soul tarot sense, because it's, you can get rid of all that. It's a lot less pressure. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. less, a lot less pressure, and a lot yeah. less stress. Um, I agree. And you and I know from our time living and walking and working and just living with the tarot. But if I had never read tarot before, never been to a tarot reading, um, never learned about its history or the intentionality behind it, could I still use the magic of tarot and learn from the medicine of tarot without necessarily coming from a magical spiritual background? What, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I absolutely think so. Um, There is one thing I will speak to. I do think it is important for one to know about the historical origins. And actually, there's quite a bit. Now, obviously, I don't speak for an entire culture of folks, but certainly we owe a great deal of respect to Romani or Roma tarot readers of the time who really have a very powerful closed practice with the tarot that's been pretty appropriated in terms of the idea of predictive tarot reading. Yes. And so actually, the more we know about some of that harm that was caused, the more it, it I actually think it pivots us in a much more ethical direction where we understand okay, there's this larger complication, there's this, or not complication, but a larger conversation. Sure. That is really, really important here. And actually, that's one more crucial reason why it's really important to find my way of touching in with the tarot while understanding sort of the origins of it um, to the degree that we know, because obviously there's so much that I think we just don't know that's been swept away with the history of the tarot. Um, But in terms of like spirits and magic, absolutely not. Like we, you know, we all have our own way in and through. And some people, as you well know, are like really in their, in their process. And there's nothing wrong with that process of being like, I don't even know how I feel about spirit. I don't even know how I feel about magic. And that's valid as, it's valid as fuck. Yeah. The tarot, you can just, I actually, but know this is like blasphemous to um it might be to some people i actually think you can just roll up as long as you are coming from a place of of intention and of depth and of willingness to just show up with what you've got going on a bond can be formed because again it's you with yourself you can fold spirit in but it's you with you yeah that's that's the magic that I think really occurs with the tarot. We can layer so much onto it. It's so beautiful, but absolutely it's available to everyone. And I think is accessible to anyone wherever they are. I a hundred percent agree. The The tarot is a mirror and it reflects back exactly what you bring to it. So yeah. whatever of yourself, I think that, I think this was something that you brought up in, in your course and, and really kind I of did. Like, mind blown for me. Because it's true, like whatever energy and intentionality you bring to it, you're going to get that right back from the tarot. Now, of Mm -hmm. course, I would say that probably like the more and more in depth and more living and studying and understanding the history and like, of course, now that the amount of you that you're bringing to the tarot now naturally increases, but it's not, it's not a matter of like whether or not one can, it's just 
it's there for you to use when whenever you need it. I also love that um, Soul Tarot kind of throws away this idea of uh, you can't come to the tarot if you're feeling messy, because those are the only yeah. time, like the only thing that I want in my life is the tarot in those moments. Hey, Paranormal Weirdos. I truly hope you're enjoying this week's episode so far. If you're enjoying When Walls Can Talk, the podcast, I humbly welcome you to consider making a financial contribution to the When Walls Can Talk tip jar to ensure I can continue to create episodes like this one for seasons to come. Your financial support helps to cover operating costs like recording equipment, editing software, marketing materials, music rights, and helps with the purchase of books, historical publications, and research materials to ensure that every episode is as professional and as well-constructed as we possibly can. If you're interested in making a small contribution, and let me tell you that no amount is too little, please feel free to hop on over to PayPal where you can tip us through my email, jeremy at whenwallscantalktarot.com or on cash app through money sign jeremy Hag. that's money sign j-e-r-e-m-y-h-a-i-g there's also a support link in the show notes for this and every episode where you can support us directly as well thank you so much for listening to my little sales pitch and for sticking with me through this episode so far and now let's get back to the show I guess my next question is I'm going to kind of combine a couple together here um, because I feel like it kind of ricochets off what we've been talking about. And that that is, as you were developing as a young individual and you're kind of coming to terms with intuition and ability and kind of living on a little bit of a different plane than those we saw around us, I was curious what your journey was around self-acceptance in that place. Mm. Because I know many who or mediums or psychics, or, or, or I, I feel like I'm shrinking the bubble by just listing those two, because obviously energy work is totally. huge, but so many aren't willing or comfortable to go through that journey and they'll choose to, to close it down or shut it off or push it away or decline those invitations. I was just curious what your internal journey around coming to terms with that was like. Wow. What a great question. Um, it's a big one. <laughs> Because I feel like if we knew the answer I mean, to this, the world would be a better place. Yeah. But I was just curious. No, I, I love it. So the, the question is specifically, as I was navigating my relationship with intuition, yeah. like how did I, how did yeah. I, yeah. So I, I mean, it was funny. I almost chuckled while you were, I, while you were asking this question, because I, I like did not get it that I was intuitive until I was 30. Oh, wow. I didn't get it. I knew. And I remembered sometimes I would like, I, um, I so clearly was, um, I so clearly was, I mean, I, I have such a strong memory of being in a play, uh, as a very early 20 something and being in the theater with this, a uh, person who was helping out with just uh, stage stuff. He was volunteering and he had had an audition for a Broadway show that was on Broadway at the time, I think called War Horse. 
Oh my God. And, I remember that one. Yeah. And he was yeah. just talking about it. He was talking about it. And I was like a part of the conversation. And I was like, you already have it. And I just knew. And I, I, I didn't say things like that, but I was yeah. like, you already have it. You don't need to worry about that. And he was like, oh my God, I hope so. And then, you know, I knew that he did. And two days later, he was like, I got it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I knew that you would. So I, I've always like known and yeah. I've always been intuitive, but I didn't, I am, I am very fierce sometimes about lovingly fierce about like intuition looks different for everyone. And yeah. really all that we see, and this is absolutely no disrespect to anyone to whom this applies because it's exquisite and beautiful. And I think all of it should be amplified. Most of what gets amplified in with intuitives, most of what I think a lot of folks feel like they should be saying, or they should like what intuition is very interesting. Like I, I actually think it's taken on this like echo chamber a little bit where yeah. people are like yeah. well, channeling is supposed to look like this and right. spirituality is supposed to look like that. So it's like, we're living in this very strange time where nobody who is rooted in a very powerful channel without any necessarily like colorful puffs of smoke to it <laughs> as my as my teacher would say michelle yeah. um no one knows what to do with it and that was my experience where i would like watch movies and think well i'm not like that yeah. and i knew that i wasn't a medium and i knew that i wasn't it wasn't anything so tangible it was just that i always kind of knew what was going on and had very strong senses and very clear vision and knowing and i just never even gave myself the time of day to be like i'm intuitive because i was like well that's for like real people right that's for people who can like read you and tell the future like i had a very binary view of it because i just didn't know any better um, and then when I met my teacher around the age of 30, she immediately was like, saw that in me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I, I, and I, I, I could feel the truth in what she was saying, but I was just like, I don't even, I was like, I don't like hear anything. I don't know anything. Yeah. Like it, it was very hard. So my journey started quite late where I have absolutely strong examples. Intuition very clearly runs in my family. My mother, I believe, is a very, very gifted intuitive, even though she really struggles in other areas. So it's not really able to be channeled, I think, in a way that's useful for her. Sure. Um, my grandfather, her father, strongly intuitive. I feel like there's a lot of similarities between he and I. And nobody used those words. So yeah. I, you know, no one, like there wasn't, I didn't know, like, and also I'm like 37 and I do think it's like different now. Yeah. There just wasn't that normalization. It wasn't like you could find it. And I was so shy and my self-esteem was so fragile that yeah. I never would have, I never would have like tested that out with anyone. I never would have been like, oh, I'm an intuitive. <laughs> Here's what I can do. Yeah. It took, yeah. it took. Yeah, but once I sort of permissioned myself around 30, I was like, 
that was like right after my nervous breakdown. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to like pretend that I'm not. It's so clear that I am. And so I don't quite know how it works in me yet fully, but I'm here for it. I'm, I'm along for the ride. And my intuition isn't that I think it's very potent, but it's definitely not colorful puffs of smoke. And you know what? Sometimes that's still hard because yeah. I don't always think it gets the respect that I, I mean, I think it's really great, but it's, I don't, yeah, I just, it's not, think, viewed as you an know, equal. it's not bad. It's just not, there's nothing to like write a byline about. So sure. Okay. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't, care but there are times where I'm kind of like so yeah in terms of the journey of self-acceptance like I didn't even know there was like anything to accept I was just like well people who are intuitive can do xyz and people who aren't can't and I'm not so I guess I must just be like yeah aware or observant or something like I didn't know it you know I didn't know that so I feel like um, there's a lot of people who can relate to that. Oh yeah. I do. It, I think more people than I think most people. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I, we talked about this briefly earlier. I began shutting down my mediumship and it's still not back to where I know it was as a child. Now that I'm kind of like allowing those memories to return um, mm-hmm. of like, I, I would lay in bed every night and I would pull the blankets over my head as a kid and I would just rec- recite to myself to sleep. And I did not realize that this was a mantra or what the power of mantras was or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying, don't let me see you. Don't let me see you. Don't let me see you. Don't let me see mm. you. Until I would fall asleep every night. And it, was, it wasn't it was as traumatic as it sounds. It was more of like a safety net kind of thing. It was like, well, this is what mm. I do. Like we cover our eyes. We don't look out from under the blankets because God only knows what we'll see. Um, and I grew up in I grew up in Massachusetts, so I grew up surrounded by like the oldest of the old yeah. when it comes to buildings and this stuff like that. So, but it wasn't until I moved out here. I, I live in Denver, Colorado now. Um, it wasn't until I came out here and I escaped out into the mountains and I felt the indigenous magic that still seeped into this ground, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what magic is. That's what that's what spirit is. That's what. Um, and I still don't see things. Uh, well, I do. That's not true. I still see things visually, but not quite to the same extent. But it's been a process of coming back and I'm still slowly unlocking one piece at a time. And I do think that my mediumship is directly uh, tied to my own trauma processing, um, which happens mm-hmm. always happens in its own time. Um, I just think that I think that working through some of those traumas that are buried in the body are some of the things that might, I, I will say, hold me back, but I don't really mean that. That has like a negative connotation to me. I don't feel negative about it whatsoever. Whatever mediumship is meant for me will come to me and I'm ready for it, whatever. When I, oh, wow, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I just, I just permissioned. <laughs> I was like, I should be careful. But I, I think you know what I mean of just like- um, I sure do. Yeah. I sure do. Yeah, really, really powerful. And I agree. I do think like when there's trauma, when- when we don't feel also if the caretakers around, I've, I've really had this in my head very presently because I'm expecting a child. And I think the role of a caretaker to be able to normalize and say, this is a gift. And here are some ways that you can exercise your free will and your preferences around this. You can name that you're not, you 
you don't want to see this. I, I have a family member who is an incredibly strong medium and it terrorized her as a kid. And she did a lot of the same kind of, um, I'm not placing that on you. It, it was, I don't know whether or not you were terrified, but um, she was, and it lasted until she was in her teens. She got every test in the world. Of course, all of them came back with no problem. And it wasn't until she said um, in like a moment of like, I don't want to see this anymore that all of them went away and they never came back. Yeah. And um, know the experience. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it's very hard to navigate these things when you don't have a caretaker in your life saying, this might be what this is. Yeah. And here are some of the ways that you can navigate the world as someone with this door open yeah. in this way, in this way, because we all have the door open in some way. But in this way, for you, here are some of the ways. So it sounds like you did an absolutely beautiful job as your own caretaker moving through those really big like visitations, like yeah. as children, like it's no joke. I mean, yeah. sometimes I feel like my whole spiritual and intuitive rewilding process has really just been walking myself home through, through reparenting. And That's through one of my like, favorite phrases from your work as well, is this idea of walking each other home. Oh. And how it eliminates this idea of competition, because in essence, we're, we're each carrying each other from one moment to another. And yeah, no, I, I love that. And you also you just said um, one of the key words that I hoped maybe we could touch on more, and that is rewilding. Mm-hmm. Rewilding oh, yeah. is very much it kind of um, imbued within the soul tarot work and kind of the the. the the I call it like like the drive for the light, the like thing that pushes the seed to to the surface, to the to the sky. Mm-hmm. This idea of rewilding, and I was wondering if you could share what that means to you, and uh, and kind of where did your recognition of the wildness of the tarot come from? Yeah, I'm I'm I am so happy to talk about this. So I will talk first about where I got the term rewilding or where it comes from. Okay. So rewilding for anyone who doesn't know is a form of ecological restoration where essentially the theory goes that we can bring an area, we can help to allow an area in nature to come back to itself. When we as humans observe the area and notice, is there anything that's creating an active block to this area taking itself back Mm. and there might be like a removal of a of a of a dam or removal of something human made but then we remove that and then we get the hell out of the way and we leave it um and as far as i know in my understanding the term was first coined by jesse wolf harden who is an amazing person in environmentalism and and ecological restoration and these conservative biologist named Michael Soleil and Reed Noss sort of took this idea and really ran with it. And uh, I had this little quote ready because I knew I had a feeling we were going to ask about that. Yep. <laughs> so this is from Rewilding Europe and they define rewilding as quote, letting nature take care of itself, enabling natural processes to shape land and sea 
repair damaged ecosystems and restore degraded landscapes. Nature knows best when it comes to survival and self-governance, we can give it a helping hand by creating the right conditions, by removing dikes and dams to free up rivers, by reducing active management of wildlife populations, by allowing natural forest regeneration, and by reintroducing species that have disappeared as a result of man's actions. Then we should step back and let nature manage itself. So when I read about that, I thought that is the perfect term for, I think, the work I've been doing with the tarot for a long time, but I think what everyone's trying to do. And ultimately, I, I, I even feel this way in my own work. Like, there's a lot of work out there that I put out there, but I try as much as possible to really emphasize this is not the way. This is just an assistive process yeah. to help you free up whatever block might be in your forest. But then really, we want to touch back and leave it alone. So that's where my understanding, I don't know quite where I, I mean, I'm just interested in all manner of things like that. So who knows yeah. where, I, where I heard it. But that is the sort of source origin of that term and what it means. And when applied to tarot, it's the exact same thing. You, I really believe everyone has their own natural, sacred, organic, special relationship that they build and tend and can foster with this deck. And it's impossible because of the degree, the thick layer of colonialism and capitalist structure and white supremacy and racism and yeah. and all of it. Yeah. The patriarchal religious shit. Yeah, all of it. All of it that's been layered on the tarot. Even folks, sometimes I will read books by people who are so fucking smart and on it <laughs> and um, so radically liberal. And there's still some yeah. of it in there. Ingrained. Because it's so ingrained. And I'm not, I'm not, it, that's not a dig on them. No, 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 not at all. We're all undoing this, and I have my work to do around it, to be sure. Absolutely. You know, to be sure. But it is, it's in there. So I think when we apply the ideals of this, of this sense of rewilding, we can come back to this place of, of lushness and of connection with this deck that I think we can bring ourselves back to. But it does require some undoing in order to rewild, you know? I'm so blown away by the answer. Thank you so much for that. I, I didn't know, I didn't know the background beyond, um, yeah. beyond the term. Uh, and it's like kind of blowing my brain open right now a little bit, forgive the violent imagery of, <laughs> great. of just kind of like, whoa, that, that, that <laughs> I also, I, I tend to go back to animated movies a lot. <laughs> For Me some too. reason, like That's... moments in animated movies are like, I have a lot of cards in the tarot where I'm like, the tarot is like, this card <laughs> is that moment in that movie. But I'm I'm watching Same. like the dam explode in Frozen 2, which I know is yes hot take by a lot of people as to what like whether or not that's a good movie i think it's fantastic because there's so many tenants enjoyed it i did too i thought i just feel like there's a lot of tenants of a magical life of course um, in there which i really appreciate but i'm I, it's it's so true it's 
you take this one thing down, you allow things to find their stillness and find their center again. But that doesn't mean that there's not like a roar of water for a minute as nature re- restores yes. itself. And I think exactly. there's so many places where we're still in the roar of nature restoring itself. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to kind of another like kind of personal question that I wanted mm-hmm. to ask. Um sure. So, so you have really developed this idea of soul tarot, which we, we covered kind of the tenets of it and its definition at the top of the episode before you joined us. Um, but, but really, basically, it, it's a radical reinterpretation of the tarot um, and utilization of the tarot as a tool, a helping tool um, that helps us kind of differentiate um, those voices that we talked about, the voice of the soul and the voice of the brain. Um, but I'm sure that in the process of kind of raising your hand and saying, Hey, I'm looking at this differently than pretty much everybody you saw around you um, in Mm -hmm. the tarot world specifically. What was that experience like for you? I'm sure it ruffled some feathers. I'm sure. um, I'm sure it was scary, but I I guess my biggest question is in that process, what do you think you learned about yourself? Well, Jeremy, that process is still happening. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, There's a lot I'm not, um, now listen, I feel very, this, I feel very comfortable with what I do and what I'm doing. There are lots of things that, um, I'm not called upon to be a part of because it's what I'm talking about is so different that it doesn't fit with yeah. like what anyone else is talking about. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Like there, there, there's absolutely a time and a place to bring forward um, the, uh, that the, the paradigm that we've sort of been in and maybe unpacking different ways to make it more palatable, less harmful. I think it's, yeah. it's great. That is still occurring. You know, there are yeah. some folks that, I don't think care much for me and I feel really okay with that. I think yeah. there are some people who are really very caught in like, but this is the way yeah. tarot is supposed to be. Um, and like, that's, again, that's also fine. Um, sometimes it can get, it, it can bring up feelings of insecurity. Sometimes it can feel like a, there can be like a rising up of, of wanting to be, um, I think able to speak about these things in a way that, cause I love to share about it. Like yeah. it's, it's great. Um, but here I am, it's <laughs> so nice to be able to talk with you. So it's, um, yeah, I the never, work in progress. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't, I never found there's been moments where I've been, I've felt really frightened to bring something forward but really what usually trumps that in a huge way is a desire to invite people into something that's so much more of a gentle exhale than it is some horrific like foreboding of problematic like whatever oh my god tell me about it yeah. And it's, it's not to Pollyanna it. I just, I don't think they're any less impactful. I think it's more impactful actually, and sometimes more intense. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it was, it, 
the only time I've ever really, like I've had a couple of situations where I've read for other readers, especially in the beginning of my work where they'd be like, what are you, I don't, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. And I would be like, well, I mean, I don't know. That's I'm cool. assuming. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just, and I would, and I, my, my response would always be like, I'm, I'm positive you do the same thing that yeah. there are really different ways that you have of talking about it. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's still an ongoing, that's still ongoing. But, I appreciate um, that answer. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. That's the truth. No, truth, I really but, do. I, I, yeah. I, it's true. It's, and I think part of what I connected so much to it is I'm, I'm a Capricorn and I, I also, if to get into like, past lives for a second i'm gonna lose some people here but like i I very much believe that all of my soul's iterations have existed right here on this planet um Mm -hmm. and i find that that your approach to the tarot is a lot more gentle and also connects to my earth magic and i don't know that i have the language Mm. to describe why that is or how that is but i am like i i can't i can't imagine reading tarot any other way not to say that there's that that everybody's called to read how they're called to read. And there, there's, as long as we're coming to the tarot again, as, as you have said, with the intention to do no harm and um, like the willingness to be a vessel. Um, I think that no matter who you are, you can still bring powerful medicine down and out. But yeah. uh, I like, I need a little bit of that. Like I can put my hand on my chest and listen to my heartbeat. And like, that is, that's living tarot to yeah. me. Like it sounds dramatic. It sounds. Um, no, that's my. That's, that's my, that's the thing that makes my heart beat too. Like, and, and that's the thing that I think is, is tricky because there are some folks who want to, I think, ascend up and out of that Sure. in their connection with the tarot. And I'm like, no way I'm already in the mud. Like there, I feel like there's so much medicine in the mud that the more I brought the tarot down there with me more I was like, oh, wow, this is a, actually a really different way of looking yeah. at this that I didn't even thought of. And I wonder if it would be useful for people, you know? And so I, I, I appreciate hearing that. And I'm, I'm standing in solidarity with you mm-hmm. on it for sure. No, I've, it, it's, and it's also like, I think that idea of like the tarot can be with me in the mud and can validate my muddy experiences. Mm-hmm. I remember I had another kind of, I had a couple big breakthroughs while I was taking your courses. And another one of them was, um, in kind of this process of the quarantine situation that I found myself in, um, I did a reading um, for myself and almost everything was the spiny cards. It was three of mm-hmm. swords. It was, it was all of them. <laughs> it was all of yeah. them. And and I loved it. I loved it. I bawled because I was like, thank God you guys are here today. Because if I saw the sun, if I saw, I uh, would, I would scream. scream and rip my hair out because yes. like, where the fuck am I? Or why am I so off base? But to have somebody be like, nope, yeah. all of the, all of these hurts and grieves and trauma and all of these are here. And mm-hmm. um, just letting you know that we're here with you. Like that, that is what makes tarot useful to me because yes. if I can't, if I can't turn it around to myself when I'm feeling bloody and muddy and beat up and battered and say, give me a light and get one. The it fuck would are we like, doing here? Yeah, it would be like, why do we use this tool? Yeah, agreed. What a what what a, a ton of unpacking we've just done. 
And I know that I'm getting towards the end of our time together. So I just had a couple last minute questions. Please. I'm loving every moment. Turning this around now to kind of bring our listeners in. I guess a big question I wanted to ask, and I'm this may be this may be bigger than we can cover in the last 10 or 15 minutes that we have together, but how can some of my listeners, how can some of my my tarot readers out there start to bring more of themselves, more of their humanness, more of their humanity, more of their reality to their tarot practice? So I do think that there is a way. Um, it's not like the way, but yeah, you know, it's a really good way. Yeah. And it is. If you are feeling how you're feeling, going through what you're going through, do not edit that. Go to your deck. Yeah. Do not attempt. And I hate to use, you've been working with me for a while. You know, I'm not saying this, like, do not as though there's some kind of rule or you right, can't do course. it, but but in the context of what you're asking about, please, I invite you to resist yeah. the need to clear your energy, get grounded, just go to your deck, put your hands on it and talk to it. Yeah. Just talk to it. Talk to whomever, talk to the air, talk to yourself, talk to your ancestor, whomever, whatever, and just name what it is that you're showing up with. Notice, am I omitting anything? Because I don't want to like muddy this up. Dig in, see how it feels. When you're finished saying whatever it is that you want to say, just naming like, I'm showing up with this. It feels like this. And I'm mad about that. And I'm mad at you, spirit, because of this. Then we want to turn in to the deck and say, is there anything that I'm being invited to know about this and pull and see. And that is where everything can change because those moments, like let's say we show up with just like all of the tangles and the anger, maybe like jealousy, just like raw stuff, raw, super raw. Yep. And we're showing up with that. And let's say we pull, I can't even think the moon that, is a really powerful moment because yes, we can go to what someone else has said about this. We can go to what you've said about it, what the next person said about it, all super valid places to start. What winds up happening though, is that you by pulling the moon based on this really powerful raw experience that you brought forward, maybe uncovering something new about it that you never thought of that no one's really spoken to that is an angle that you can bring to yourself to your own understanding it starts to become a language that you and you alone have kind of this access to not in an exclusive way but in an intimate way yeah. it starts to be a message from you In my experience, spirit, the inner self, they just want to get down to the nitty gritty. And we're we're so conditioned to be like, well, I have to be purified before I show up to any kind of spiritual space or to this deck. It's the opposite. It's it's the complete opposite. The the point is that we reach for those resources when we're in the muck. So I've worked with, you know, 
like 10,000 people now at this point. And I can tell you that this is a very common thing. People have been reading for a really long time. They love the tarot. They understand it, but they don't have an intimacy with it. Almost always those folks have some kind of block of resistance to actually dropping in and doing what I'm saying. Yeah. They haven't actually been, been, I won't say willing, able, ready. I'm not sure what word to use there, but it hasn't been time yet for them to feel like they can bring the the full weight of what they're carrying in their little Santa sack, so to mm. speak. Yeah. And that's actually the thing that cracks all of it open. All of it. That's the only reason why I have anything to say about it. Yeah. Because I come with the full load bearing weight yep. that I'm showing yep. up with and we'll just keep unpacking and and I want to know more and I get my natural inclination is to be very curious rather than projecting when I pull a card so instead of pulling a card and going like that what the fuck that makes no sense my inclination is to be like oh my goodness I wonder what that could be yeah and that's just kind of always been my way and so I think that that's been a helpful combination. The only thing I can speak to is what I experienced myself. And of course it won't resonate with everyone, but that's, if I could give anyone, like, it's such a great question that you asked this, that, I mean, it is the key that unlocks the door. It is. I 100% agree. Yeah. In a similar way, kind of similar to what you were just sharing, whenever I have a client that's coming for a reading with me, um, and there are oftentimes where I can see on their face or feel in their energy, if it's a card that um, Mm -hmm. uh, they like rubs them the wrong way or um, doesn't quite, or some, sometimes there's like a strong response to a card, whether that be uh, Mm -hmm. of anger or frustration or whatever. And sometimes I, I can watch clients try to push the anger out almost immediately and try to focus Mm. on what I'm saying the card is about. And in those moments, I try my best. And, and if I don't catch it in the moment, I try to always tell clients towards the end uh, of like your, your human reaction, your human to response to this card is just as valid, if not maybe potentially even more so than just what I was trying to um, kind of lay out as to what this card is about. Like your, yes. your, maybe your medicine for this card is actually investigating that response. Totally. Why did I get so frustrated? Okay. Let's like, let's dismantle this frustration and see where the like mm-hmm. sore point is, which takes a little self-awareness and a little, mm-hmm. a little mental strength and all of that stuff, which, which takes a little bit of work and growth and whatever. But I encourage people out there who have strong responses to cards that feel spiny or prickly or difficult and maybe start with your, start with you, maybe start with your emotion. What is that emotion? Where does that come from? Why is it so strong? But yeah, thank you for that answer. I guess the last couple of things I wanted to ask before we go today is, Mm -hmm. are there any resources or books or names that you might encourage some new readers or, or people who might be inspired to investigate tarot after our conversation today? Um, are there any out there that you recommend? Well, I, I do have some names that I think are doing some really special, really interesting things. It's totally different from what I'm talking about. They're sure. doing their own thing. Just wanted to be super clear about that. I really love Jessica Dore's work. Okay. And I think the work 
she does is really interesting. And she has a new book. And I will actually say I haven't read it yet, but <laughs> I do really enjoy it's called, I believe, Tarot for Growth. And okay. it sounds really promising and really lovely. And I like, I'm not really, I'm like a dinosaur and I'm not on social media too, too much. Yeah. So it's hard for me to recommend with a full spectrum of understanding. Totally. No, totally. Work, but I like her. The most exciting in like the reader that I will drop everything to know what she has to say. I think probably my favorite reader and interpreter of the tarot at this moment in time is Rashonda Tramble of Stay Woke Tarot. She's a genius. She just wrote a book with Ruby Warrington of the Numinous. It's fucking incredible. And it's all kind of woven around storytelling. And Rash has a, a blog. I mean, to say that she's a genius, it, it's not enough. Like no. she's just a genius. Her musings, her insights are extraordinary. I feel like there are so there are just so many brilliant people out there doing such interesting stuff with the tarot. There's yeah. Rash. I love Diana Rose. Of uh, I don't know how to pronounce their business name, but Damashena, I believe, something around that nature. Hopefully I didn't butcher it too much. Yeah. Um, Healing Arts, I think, is the full name of of her practice. My really good friend, Julia Inglis of Sacred Familiar, who does ancestral work, folk work, craft creation, also is a tarot reader and is doing I think a, a tarot intensive starting in, I don't know when it's starting, but if you go to sacredfamiliar.com, you'll learn about it. I always love to hear what Julia has to say. I know I'm missing people, but yeah, I would say great starting. Those are, those are just a couple of folks off yeah. the top of my head who I'm really, I'm really enjoying their work right now. And where can my listeners support and follow along with your journey and your offerings? Uh, so I, they can do so at uh, tarotforthewildsoul.com and lindsaymack.com. And they can check out the podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul, wherever podcasts are available to them. I'm really hardly ever on Instagram these days, but if they want to touch in, I am at Wild Soul Healing on Instagram and newsletter. I think I think that's it. I love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. To my dismay, (laughs) I feel like we've come to a beautiful ending of our time together. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I could too. This was so (laughs) wonderful. I loved it. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I'll make sure that all of my followers check out everything that's going on for you and your world. Um, Thank you. I can't recommend your courses enough. I know there'll probably be a little gap um, while you bring a little one into the world before those return. But for any of you out there who want to kind of hold out in uh, in the days to come, Lindsay Max courses really did blow open kind of the potentiality and the potential energy that lives within the tarot. So if it's something that's available to you to do at some point in the future, I can't recommend it enough. Thank you so much for what you just said about my courses, but they are going to be available next year. I'm just shifting the way that I'm involved in them. Okay. So what that's going to look like is 
a little bit less emphasis on my direct guidance. Yeah. I think that I'm likely sort of retiring from the level of depth and presence that I was bringing to court. I don't know that I could do it with a child. I anyway. don't blame you in any way, shape, um, or form. <laughs> yeah, we're currently actually in the process of kind of doing a really big overhaul of pricing to really get it to an even more accessible place for folks so that because it is meant to be kind of now a real personal pilgrimage or I have some touching in. Yeah. So they're going to be available just, and the material has got remade this year. It's probably stronger than it's ever been. Um, So it'll be out there, but I think likely your experience in like Tarot for the Wild till 2020 was the last of its kind. And this year was very different, but extraordinary and lovely and intimate. And yeah, what's feeling good going forward is like, I made these offerings, I feel excited to make other things. And so they'll be available. We're gonna, it's definitely going to be a big experiment, but we're gonna, we're gonna try. Yeah, what's feeling really good is that they're going to come out and be just on a different model. So just out there. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. For any of you out there who also, I know there are some, because I had a little, like, minorly, because I'm kind of the weirdo that actually, like, really loves school. But for anybody out there who's like, oh, I'm scared that I can't commit to coursework or a timeline, I think one of the other really beautiful things about your offerings to the world is that while they, of course, are, are framed around a timeline, like an eight-week or seven-week or whatever course, there's so much freedom also to tap in and tap out of the the work oh, yeah. and the learning at your own speed to like, to the effect where I'm probably, I'll be fully honest, I'm probably about a third of the way through uh, Terror for the Wild Soul 2021, just because of the nature of the new business that I had moved into. And it was a very mm-hmm. busy summer and all that good stuff. But it still means that when I'm like, you know what, I would like nothing more than to sit down and tap into some tarot course work this evening. That's exactly what I'm available to today. It's there for me to go and do, which I think is so special and unique about, at least I have never run into any courses quite framed with so much self-freedom. It's very empowering as a as a learner too, to be able to come to the work when you feel ready and then step away when it's like, okay, I need a moment to process all of that. Thank you. So just putting that out there for the listeners as well, but Thank you so much. I said it like 15 times, but I it every time it Thank was, you. It was a, this, this was, was a, a very empowering moment for me to, to share this with you. It was a joy. And you're such an incredible interviewer and practitioner. It's an honor to know you. And it was an honor to be on the podcast. Thank anytime, you for having me. Please, anytime you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, please take care and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. This has been an episode of When Walls Can Talk, the podcast. Written, researched, and edited by your host, Jeremy Haig. I would be honored if you'd consider one friend that you think might enjoy this episode and share it with them. There's nothing that brings me more joy than listening to episodes or songs that my friends recommend. So please share the love with your tribe. Listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a rating or a comment so that this one-man operation can take off to a whole new group of listeners. 
Please don't forget to visit my website, www.whenwallscantalktarot.com, to learn more about me, the show, and to purchase our brand new merch finally available on our online shop. Listeners to the podcast get an exclusive 10% off using the code WITCHCREW at checkout. Don't forget to reach out to me on Instagram at whenwallscantalk with underscores for spaces or email me at jeremy at whenwallscantalktarot.com. So long, paranormal adventurers, and I will see you next time on When Walls Can Talk.